Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode five of season five of the Mindful Marriage Podcast. My name is Brock. I'm the lead care and support pastor at Hope Fellowship. And I'm joined by Tara Wiedemeyer, licensed professional counselor to the stars. Mm. Is that what it is, to the stars? Yes, that's that's exactly correct. Yeah, yeah. She, she loves it when I say that. So anyway. Highly uncomfortable. <laughs> highly uncomfortable. All right. So we wanted to do something a little different today. We wanted to, to deviate because... As we record this, we are getting ready to uh, start the holiday season. Um, and it's also a time that we can really think about our relationship with God because of Christmas and Thanksgiving. And so I wanted to call it the holy day season, but Tara wouldn't let me. And then I thought maybe since we're getting ready to decorate, I could call it the holly day mm-hmm. season. She, she wouldn't let me. So we will not say those things because Tara said I couldn't say those things on air. So but we're, this is our Brock and Tara's guide to surviving the holiday season. So Tara, one of the things as I've uh, continued to learn from your expertise over the years here is that this season can really bring out a lot of, a lot of stress, a lot of struggle for all kinds of people. And so we'd love for you to help us uh, maybe navigate that a little bit better because it can be not only a stressful time on family relationships, but particularly our marriages, it can be it can be really tough. So, Tara, give us your expertise, therapist to the stars, and we'll we'll see where we go from here. Well, I wish this one was going to be a little more fun, but it's it's not. It's pretty straightforward and to the point. But I think I think that helps in times like these because we don't need any fluff. And I think just having these reminders and giving ourselves permission is helpful. But yeah, this can be a very difficult time for a lot of people, very stressful for lots of different reasons. But it could, you know, it could be from grieving, missing loved ones, financial stress, having a to-do list that's longer than your leg, and feeling like you're never going to get it done. And all of this stuff kind of happens so closely together at the end of the year, and we're wrapping things up before the new year. It's just it it's a lot, even if you're not struggling for a lot of people. And so we just want to, again, give you some reminders and maybe even make it to where you can give yourself new permission to do some of these things. So, Because it's difficult when you're feeling all that stress or grief or hurt or whatever. It's difficult then to be um, as present as you'd like to be or to be as kind or forgiving or gracious or letting things go. It makes it very difficult to do that. So you can have all these expectations about going into the season and all those things can get in the way of you actually living out the kind of existence around other people to yourself that you really want to. For sure. And I think, you know, there's this pressure to be like full of gratitude around Thanksgiving and even Christmas, but especially Thanksgiving. And then as believers with Christmas, there's, you know, we oftentimes say it's got this Christian component and it's all about Jesus and that we want to celebrate that. But so many things can get in the way and camouflage that. And I think ultimately just like kind of like push that aside. And there's fun components to that. But again, if we want to say it's about this, I think sometimes we need to shift our intention and our expectations to make that happen. So just kind of as you listen to this and maybe afterward, just thinking about like, what do I need to do to honor my self like where I'm at right now and how do I take care of myself. So, so a lot of this is kind of the same principles we talk about all the time with marriage. It's like staying in your lane, mm-hmm. drawing your circle, saying, hey, 
how can I be uh, at my best during this season so that I can begin? So Because I can't control my relatives. I can't control my spouse. I can't control my kids, all these other things. So we're kind of taking a look at like, here's some things I can do to take care of me so that I have a chance to be yeah. a, a little bit better than a... Yeah, and I, I mean, maybe even feeling at your best feels like a stretch. And mm-hmm. so like, again, just what can I do to even just be like to do better or to feel better? Yeah. And sometimes I think that's taking things off of our plate or again, shifting things around. So I think one of the things that you can do directly with your spouse is even like, especially if, if, if you're newly married or you've never talked about it before, but just what are your expectations, whether it's from your own childhood or story around the holidays? What do you want that to look like for your family? Discuss that with your spouse and decide what traditions that you want to continue or begin and just having like clear communication around that. Um, so when you say that, you mean like how, how we maybe want the house to be decorated or you know, even like what kind of food we're going to eat, how we're going to wrap presents, how we're going to, all that kind of stuff is like, because it's all influenced by our childhood. And so we kind of expect those things. But if we never talk about those things, it can be a source of contention when it's not living up to maybe those expectations or uh, memories that we have. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like you may not know that your spouse wants a certain meal or expects a certain meal to be had on like Christmas Eve. And so just, I mean, things like that. And knowing that it's also okay to create our own traditions and that we don't necessarily have to repeat those that we had with our family of origin. So it'd be a good idea to just sit down with your spouse and say, what are your expectations or what are some things yeah, you want to do? Yeah, or what things are important to you? What, yeah. do you want, what do you want to make sure that we do with the kids this year or not repeat, you know, and just put it all out there and kind of start hashing it out and try things on. And if it doesn't fit, try it again the next year. So... It seems like as I talk to a lot of people, and, and you've mentioned this before, that it seems like a lot of the expectations around the holiday season get put on one particular um, species. Could I say it that way? You may. <laughs> the species, the female. Yeah. And so what do you do if you feel like um, like you just, there's so much being put on your plate that you can't even handle that? How would you discuss like, hey, how can we get some mutual help in this area? What would What would you recommend for us to do or for... For, for your particular species to do in that case. I think no matter who it's falling on or if somebody feels overwhelmed, then bring it up yeah. and talk about that. And if that doesn't change things, maybe again, we need to change, like you want to do these 10 things, but maybe realistically, let's focus on the most important five, you know, okay. just for context sake. So I think talking about it, we're remembering that it's okay to ask for help, split up responsibilities and tasks, things like that. Maybe you even get like your kids to help decorate and that becomes its own tradition, you know, just things like that. So... Because I could see it'd be really easy to say, hey, here's all the expectations I have in my brain. If you never discuss those things, then you have some expectations about what your spouse is supposed to do and they just don't know or you think, hey, this spouse is going to do this and they don't. And at the last minute, you're kind of stressed out because that never happened. So even sitting down... Or disappointed down, or hurt. Yeah, and just saying, hey, let's mm-hmm. divvy up some things. Here's what you could be responsible for. I could see that being really helpful. Yeah, for sure. So just some quick reminders. If you have vacation time, use it. It's important to play and rest like we've talked about before. Um, whether it's just easier to do it this way or it helps financially. But like if you feel like you have to buy gifts for everyone and that's going to spread things too thin. Maybe just tr- maybe try drawing names. We've changed that over in my family and we draw names now and that way we can 
be like we can spend more on one person rather than you know 10 or however many yeah. and it's fun and we've created some new traditions around that in and of itself and so just some things again try these on if they don't work for you that's okay they don't have to stick um I'm big I was talking to Brock about this earlier and he thinks it's ridiculous but I didn't say like, ridiculous you didn't say ridiculous yeah, but I said what did you? I don't remember what I said, but it, it had the tone of ridiculous, but it didn't mean ridiculous. But I like to have like themes for whether it be my tree or wrapping paper and like the aesthetics of things. And so I love to like wrap presents and make them fun and just unique. But that takes a lot of time. And I also understand that people are just going to rip right through it mm-hmm. and maybe not appreciate it the way I do. And so I have started buying gift bags um, or recycling gift bags from prior years and using those even though they aren't my favorite. And it's easier and it's also easier for cleanup. They're already there. Sometimes it's cheaper. But just, you know, like now if I want to give somebody something wrapped really special or I know they're going to really appreciate that, maybe I spend time on it that way. But like for my kids who are just going to blow through stuff, then tissue paper and gift bags. I remember what it was I was making fun of you for. You said you, instead of uh, wrapping, you said you like to put it in a sack. Oh, <laughs> I just pictured a Walmart bag. Here, kid, here's your, yes. here's, which isn't nothing in the world because ultimately as a kid, I mean, they, wouldn't care. Wrapping, they do care, but ultimately you're concerned about what's inside the sack right. as opposed to well, how it's wrapped. Well, and when you have little bitty kids, yeah. they're, they want to play with the box, not what, what was even in it, yeah. you know? So, but just things like that, super simple things that like, it's like, okay, I prefer it this way, but I'm going to try it. You try it, and sometimes it's like, whoa, that was mm-hmm. that was nice. I'm going to do that again. Um, let's see. If you make everything from scratch, maybe give yourself permission to order food this year or order parts of it, the meal, or ask people to bring things. You don't have to do it all. Yeah. And like for Thanksgiving this year, um, three different families are splitting it up three different ways, and that's how we're doing it. Yeah. And... I would love to be able to have the time and energy to do it all for everyone so those people didn't have to like stress or work hard just so I could honor them. But I'm not in a place this year where I can do that. So we're splitting it up. Um, I think just again, going back, be honest and tell people what you do want to do and don't want to do, like what's important to you. Um and maybe even ask your kids, like, what are some of their favorite things so y'all can start traditions based on that. I think if you're grieving and hurting, just remembering, again, that it's okay to ask for help. And maybe things that you've always taken on, you're not in a spot where you can or want to take those on this year. So you're giving those up or asking for some help on in those areas. Deciding what traditions that you want to keep and which ones you want to change. And that can be a hard and scary thing to do. And maybe you just press pause on them. But especially when grief is involved, there's some that stand out as really important that we want to continue. And some just seem like too much or overwhelming or grief prioritizes things a lot Mm -hmm. of times too. And so some of those may fall to the wayside and that's okay. And maybe you pick them back up later on. Maybe you don't. Um, I think planning ahead and communicating with people that you're going to spend the holiday with in advance to make sure everybody's in agreement about those traditions and plans. That way, because nobody grieves the same. No one suffers the same. And so what may be important to me that I want to continue 
may not match the next person. And I think when in a family unit, there's got to be some talk and some compromise around that and know that it's going to take some time to like work that out and find a new rhythm. So in our, in our last episode, you had a, a, a phrase that we talked about. You said marriage maintains itself linguistically, mm-hmm. which obviously means that communication is a big deal. So it sounds like a lot of what you're saying is we have to kind of be in touch with what we're thinking, what's going inside of us as, as, as a party, and then be able to communicate the, with yep. that, whether we're stressed out, whether we're worried about finances, how much we're going to spend, whether we're recovering from some hurt or some pain or some grief. It's like, it's important to kind of work through that, know what we think, and then also be able to communicate that with other people. It sounds like a really big deal. Like just talking about stuff is huge during yeah, this time. Definitely. And this, you know, suffering and grieving is a journey and we're not going to have it all figured out by like so a lot of people will say like the first holiday or the first anniversary, you know, after that person's death or that loss can be the most difficult. And it it can be, but it can also like, it could just be difficult always going mm-hmm. forward. And so I don't like to like label it or put a measuring stick on it like that or the time frame, but just know that like, if this is the first Christmas or the 12th Christmas without that person, like this is still a journey and it takes time to kind of figure that out and to heal and to be able to even cherish our memories and mm. not find them so terribly painful, things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, but, and just some like practical things to even maybe try and do to honor that person or to help in the grieving process, but like making a memorial ornament um, or a memory box or even like putting out like a memory stocking and like writing down like treasured memories, choosing a time that you and your family could read them together. Or if that's too much, maybe you read them on your own down the road when you feel able to, but just part of, I think, or I've seen a lot of people create new traditions after losing someone that they love. Um, and sometimes that comes out of this place of like trying to honor the memory of that person. But again, that new piece can feel very scary and that doesn't have to happen right away. Yeah. So just, I think, just a reminder to be gentle with yourself and those around you communicate clearly when you're able to and have that awareness. But just, you know, holidays are important, but if we look at like what makes them important to me, it's about like the love, like being intentional and being with our loved ones, whether that's friends or family. And a lot of this stuff can just get in the way. And I, the older I get even more, like I just want all the, hubbub to go away and just to really simplify things down to what's important. And that's so freeing. Mm-hmm. But in the process of doing that, there there can be guilt and fear and comparison and things that happen. And I think just, again, stay in your lane, confront your expectations, be gentle with yourself and those around you and cling to God. Yeah. And I think it's also important to, to have a safe place to process uh, whether it's going to see a therapist or uh, a, like a, a lead care and support pastor. Oh, wait, that would be me. But just someone, just anyone to just talk to that can remain in a spot where they're going to listen to you, help you get in touch with what's going on inside of you and just a place to process that. And and sometimes, and this is going to sound really weird and feel free to shape this a little bit, but sometimes going to like a, a friend and just saying, hey, here's what's going on 
it feels like a lot of times the advice given there is a little tough uh, because they're speaking from their own experience and their own pain and their own hurt. And so sometimes going to like a more of a neutral source can be a really great way to navigate through some of this stuff because they're not going to bring all that baggage necessarily from your relationship uh, with them. And I think that can be a really safe thing to do. So thinking about if, if, if this is overwhelming, to find a safe place, a safe person to kind of process this, this with during this season, not doing it alone is a big deal. No, absolutely. And I think we, when we are struggling, it's so easy to get stuck in our own heads. And so processing that externally is so helpful. Um, and I think whether it is a third party, like a, a neutral person mm-hmm. or a friend, but whoever it is, somebody that's, you're not going to feel judged by, right. you can be vulnerable with and just take your mask off and like let it all hang out. Yeah, yeah. One of the things I've been thinking a lot about over the last few months for some reason is it's easy, easy for me to get overwhelmed with stuff and uh, start thinking about the future too much and start getting overwhelmed by the to-do list or here's all the things we have to do in the next few weeks or months. And so I, I don't know where I stole this from, but this idea that's been going through my mind is just to be where my feet are. Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to worry about tomorrow, about the next day, about the holidays. But realizing the most important place in life for me is to be present wherever my feet are, where, where I'm at. That's the most important time and that person deserves my full attention at that point in time. And then the addendum to that is I've been reading a lot in scripture lately about how much God cares for us and how much God has promised us that he will provide and take care of us and be with us. And so in my mind, I probably say it 15, 20 times a day, hey, be where my feet are because God loves me. God's in control. God's got my back. God's with me. God's got the future. And it reminds me of that passage in Matthew where uh, Jesus says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Because uh, look at the birds of the air, the flowers of the field. It's so easy to worry about things, but God says, I'm going to take care of them. And if they're important to me, how much more important are mm-hmm. you? And that's been a real uh, exercise for me as I start worrying about you know, the, the future, about all these things. Just look down at my feet and say, this is where I need to be. And I can be present in this moment. I know that God's in control and God's got my back and God's with me. And that's been a really helpful thing for me. And I don't know if that's helpful or not, or I've just given out the worst advice in the world. No, but it's awesome. And I think that helps me a lot. Like if we aren't, if we don't learn how to be present and mindful and more aware, I think we miss those moments. Yeah. It's not that he isn't there, but we just, we miss them because, you know, there's this, in psychology, there's the idea that when we're like feeling depressed, we're looking backwards or at the past. And if we're anxious, we're looking forward mm. to the future, things that have not yet come or may not ever come. And so to be present, like there's also that cheesy saying about like being present is a gift. Yeah. You know, uh, I can't remember how it goes, but like yeah. that is... It's a good holiday reference though. But it's it's so true. And so I think, again, God's in it, even even in the suffering, even in the stress. But if we just pause and pay attention and try to stay present, the ability and the richness in connecting with him is so much greater. And I think that's really at the heart of what we're trying to say here is it's so easy to get lost and, hey, I got to have this meal cooked. I got to have this present wrapped a certain way that we might miss out on the thing that's really most important, which is being with our, our loved ones, being with a friend or a family member at this point in time, 
that if we're so worried about these things, it can actually diminish that experience long term. And so we're trying to think of ways that, hey, I can be present in this moment because that's really the greatest gift is my presence. Uh, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the cheesy That's thing the right cheesy saying, yeah. And I think that's what we're we're after and what we're we're trying to accomplish ourselves. And so just, you know, uh, in those moments, maybe if it would be helpful for you, as I'm sure I'll be doing with you, is looking down at my feet and saying, this is the most important moment right now. I need to be present here. And I can be present because I have this abiding trust that God is faithful, that God is good, and God is going to provide. And so it helps me then to be more present with my loved ones, with my friends, than if I was stressed about all the things that are going on in my life around me. Yep. All right. Amen to that. Hey, woo, preaching. Got to preach it. All right. So, Tara, one of the things we're trying to do this season is we're talking about good building blocks for marriage is doing a mindful moment, which is meant to be a little practical. Insert chimes. It's, yeah. Yeah. We just did that on one episode. We had chimes in one episode and they've disappeared ever since then. But Tara, give us a little mindful moment or a practical thing that maybe we could do uh, from this moment moving forward. So I think the thing, and I'm already doing this myself for this season um, because I feel like, I mean, we're smack dab in it. So what do you need to do to give yourself permission? Let me rephrase that. Let me rephrase it. Let's make it more concise. Um, Where do you need to give yourself permission to give yourself more grace or slack this season so you can be more present and reduce stress? Okay. So what permissions do you need to give yourself? And I would just, I mean, that could look different for me and for Brock and like just that might change day to day too. But just again, pausing, checking in with yourself, taking that inventory and, and for you, one of the things we talked about was instead of having everything so meticulously wrapped, you could just do sacks instead. That's right. Walmart sacks. <laughs> Walmart sacks. <laughs> well, Tara, thank you. And, uh, you know, I just, uh, as we embark on this season, it's, uh, we were, our hope was that, again, all that stress can really be detrimental to our journey in our marriage and just journey in life. And we're just hoping that some of these ideas or, and many more ideas that you might have can help you to be present in this season um, to just... Uh, Know that God is with you. God's in control. Uh, God's a forgiving God. God's a restorer. And uh, that's that's the hope that we, we go from here. So, Tara, thank you for your expertise, your time as always. And hopefully we can survive the holidays a little bit better this way. Amen to that. Thank you, Brock. All right. See you guys next time. <laughs>